get loud on the headphones. Yo, 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 guys, we're back, we're back. Let's we're go. Back. Oh, let's go. Obviously, Affairs of the Kingdom podcast, you know how it goes, you know how it goes. Yeah, man. Um, today we've got a special guest. Come on. Josh with us. Obviously, he's gonna, you know, add a bit of, you know, spice. Let's <laughs> go <laughs> into the mix. Let's go. Thank you for coming, bro. Yeah, man. 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 Let's look at the camera. Oh, man, them. Man, man, them. Man, them. Man, them. Man, them. You know, they're acting like we're in church, man. You know, you know when a guest pastor is in church, man? I knew one of these, man, we're going to try around that one. Yeah, we're back with another one. Today's topic is, you know, about relationship and marriage. We're going to get real deep into that. So, let's see if you guys have any, you know, opinions you want to follow us after the. I'll see what's here in this thing. By all means, do. Yeah. But without further ado, we're going to introduce ourselves. Obviously, uh, I'm more like gangs, you know. French up in the building and Come that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, King in the building. Yeah. Uh, what it is. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, man. Um, you know me already, man. You're my French one and only. Oh. See, I didn't do any of this. Hi, my name's Toby. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah my name is Josh. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Oh, yeah, good to be here. Yeah, we wanna yeah. wanna quickly shout out the man that aren't here. Yeah, um, man. Shout out E man, other E man. So yeah. some some are too busy planning, you know. Yeah, let's not let's not get into <laughs> that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> so, yeah. songs, um, Yusuf, Daniel, Daniel, Yusuf, and Emmanuel. Yeah, we'll see you, man. Our brother, our brother Namdi as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, Namdi shout out Namdi as well. Namdi too. Like basically, these are men of God. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. But yeah, today, man. Um, like we said, um relationships and and uh, marriage mm. obviously you know josh here is married by the grace of god you know yeah. to come on lo- lovely wife come um, on. i keep forgetting the name daniel daniel yeah, yeah daniel yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah man so obviously we've got him today on the pod because um we want to hear his perspective on because he's married already and you know his marriage is his this foundation is christ mm. and you know we just want to hear from him how you know the, the journey's been so far how he's involved god and things like that so yeah, bro, man. I want to. I want to hear it. <laughs> no, we, we, we're gonna be throwing some questions because I've got yeah, some right, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, just, 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 just a question. Cool. Just, just, the first question is, well, how bad? Straight in there. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you know. Wait, sh- just before that, should we should we let Josh tell us about how he met Danielle and like all that? Yeah, actually, tell so, us to give us a background. I know, it? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you know. Because you were there, yeah. innit? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let, let's not get into that. We'll, we'll yeah. save the jokes to afterwards. Cool, cool. I'll give the summarized version so it's not too long. So, give us the extended version. Oh, mad. All right, cool. All right, so I'll give a bit more context then. So, goes back to 2015. And that was around, well, we were in uni then, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, second year, um, doing Big Clash. So you guys will be familiar with the yeah, Big yeah, Clash, yeah, the game yeah, show. Yeah. Um, Danny went to, oh, I say Danielle, because Danny's in here. I love it, man. So yeah, well, I'll call her Danny in it. Oh, I love it, man, don't, don't, don't do this to me. Find them all on to me, man. <laughs> Do you, know, do, you, do you know, like, because she's going to be watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to say that. 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 You have
whilst she was there, she was the team captain of Team MCR. Um, and I was at University of Surrey at the time. And I was also team captain of my um, Big Clash team as well. Ironically, the first time I saw Danielle was on YouTube. And that's always a funny thing to say to people because um, <laughs> I was actually watching the Big Clash game show. So I was watching her team versus um, NTU. So that was the game show I was watching. And um, they were introducing the team. So I know with the Big Clash, they start with the intros yeah. and then the teams come out. Yeah. And obviously like, I just seen this fine specimen walk Ooh. onto the camera in it. Uh, and I was like, I was like, but like I had to, I to, I had to rewind. No, I'm gonna be capping. I had to <laughs> rewind, <laughs> fam. Yeah, like I had to, I had to rewind. I mean, and I saw, I was like, brother, who is that, bro? I was like, that, that is, fam. Like in my, in my country, yeah, like in in our local dialect, like we call that atarodo. Like that's what we call that. Like that, that there, that translates to hot pepper, innit? So. Yeah, yeah, Nigeria. Sorry, yeah. Just for for context, for those that know, yeah, from my country of origin, Nigeria. Like, so, so yeah. So I've I've seen her now, and yeah, obviously like attractive. But then, I think really what it was was during the interview because they normally interview the teams before the games. Yeah, they asked her as team captain, like, what do you guys bring to the table, and why do you think that you know, or what do you think you've got? What do you what what is it that you guys have got that you know, allows you to be confident that you're gonna win. I'm paraphrasing. And like, she was talking about the fact that, yeah, like they're gonna bring banter, they're gonna bring fun, the usual stuff that people say. But then she ended it with like, with God, how can you lose? And that stuck with me. Cause I was like, hmm, that's, that's, that's not a cliche thing for someone to say on the big clash. Yeah. So from there, I was like, hmm, yeah, she seems quite intriguing. And then it moved quite quickly from just, she's she's um she's physically attractive to that line was was powerful and so um i hit her up straight i didn't even waste time slid right into the dms fam this was like yeah this was when this and 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 the thing about it is that like (laughs) you know the maddest thing is that when i when i when i recount the story i always think about the fact that when I hit Danielle up in the DMs, my intentions were genuinely to make music, but no one ever believes me. But I know you guys can, because you guys know my background yeah, and you know I'm yeah, musical. Yeah, yeah. People that don't know I'm, people yeah, yeah. that, you're saying this, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone's always gonna say it's cat, but that's all right, fam. Until the keyboard's out here and then I'll show you our one. But, 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 but really and truly, like, okay, okay, let me, let me be honest here. Yeah. It was music, but yes, I was moving to her. Like, I'm not even gonna cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah, the intention was like to definitely try and make music and, and whatnot stuff. The ironic thing is we didn't end up making music till like <laughs> like three years later. Man, so we got there at some point. But yeah, to kind of cut the long story short, yeah, so I met up with her a few times around that summer period of 2015. Met up and then we had we found out that we had mutual friends. Um, and so that kind of just helped me to get a bit more perspective of who she is, the kind of background that she's coming from per se. And I think the interesting thing about myself and Danielle's journey is that one of the things that was really helpful was when we first met, I was intentional about being friends first. And I think the reason why was because I saw the potential in it, but I didn't want to jump too forward. And I felt like if I don't really 
spend time cultivating some form of a relationship if mm-hmm. i don't have a foundation with her and we just rush straight into a relationship this thing will fall quicker than it started so for six months we were just friends and when i say friends like we're not a romantic relationship platonic relationship we were friends and um i think by september of 2015 yeah i made up my mind okay yeah we can start dating etc then from there like things kind of picked up from 2015 september till november 2018 we were um in a relationship and then november 2018 i proposed um to her yeah, didn't waste time yeah like didn't waste time at all um <laughs> didn't waste time so november 2018 november 2018 proposed and um yeah i felt like for me i had enough time that three year almost three year period was enough time for me to have developed a relationship but to also you know pray discern and know that yeah this is definitely the person i'm gonna do life with and i think that that was really imperative for me because ideally you want to make that decision once only in life and i feel like if it's a one if it's a once in a lifetime decision you don't want to get that wrong i always say to people um and it's something i got from my dad which is the greatest decision that you'll make after accepting christ is who you choose to marry because that that can alter um, not just your life and your destiny, but the descendants that come after you. Um, so 2018, November proposed, and we didn't even waste time. By September 2019, we got married. Um, so we had literally about 10 months or less to really just ramp up the wedding planning. She did the bulk of it, so it helped. And um, yeah, we just got to a place where when we knew that we were gonna get married, it was like, okay, let's prepare for that. And we didn't really do it the conventional way. We, you know, did it in the way that we felt was fitting for us. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the backstory to how we met and how we got to where we are today. So by God's grace, we've been married two years now, um, which is good. And um, yeah, man, just appreciate that, man. So, and yeah, we're, we're praying for many more. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. So that's the, that's the journey. That's black love right there. Love it, man. Yeah, man. Oh, that's amazing, man. Um, cool. Like, yeah, so, you know, you spoke about, so obviously, you know, we're on a Christian podcast, so mm. our focus is going to be on, on God. So mm. how how was it like? Obviously, what did you guys, so did you did you call her? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. So I think the, it's a good question because it wasn't sort of like a discussion. It was more of just a, a natural thing. So I think from 2015 to 2016, I would say, or maybe yeah. even the beginning of 2017, I would say that was kind of our, like, dating into relationship period yeah, and stage because yeah, yeah. it was like okay we're kind of uni students just you know we're in a relationship yeah. but i think by the time we got to 2017 i think for me it became a lot more serious than what it even was the year before and so i think naturally that evolved into courting and i, and I think just for just for context for people who are listening who's thinking what's the significant difference i think when you're just dating when you're just dating someone and when you're just in a relationship you can't make the assumption that both parties understand that this relationship is leading to marriage Mm -hmm. because they might not. Some people genuinely just want to be in a relationship and they don't, marriage is not necessarily the end goal, Mm -hmm. which is why I I always recommend that it's good you ask questions before you get into relationships. Like, where do you see this heading? Mm -hmm. You know, because one person might be thinking this is leading to marriage. Another person might be thinking, 
well, this is not, I'm just here for the bands and yeah, I'm here yeah, to yeah, just yeah. enjoy myself. And I don't think that either or it is right or wrong. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like it depends on the person and it depends on what you want out of life. Yeah. There are some people who genuinely do not feel that desire to marry. And I don't think that that's wrong. Like if you look at Paul in the Bible, for example, he did not have that desire to marry and he didn't marry because he felt like it would be a distraction from the work that God had set for him to do. Um, even Christ himself didn't get married. So there's there's cases of people who, you know, necessarily were not in romantic relationships or have been in romantic relationships where the end goal isn't marriage. So I think that the relationship period for us, or should I say it, the dating stage, just for, just for context, um, is helpful to kind of understand where does this person see this going? Are we kind of thinking about it going in the same direction? Mm. And I think by the time you if you both agree that like okay we both want this to end in marriage mm. i think the courting period is quite a smooth transition because then okay. you start preparing to marry mm. and what i mean by sort of preparing to marry is now you start thinking about like marriage you start thinking about your life as one so when you're dating in a relationship you you tell yourself that you love each other you care about each other but you're still kind of really much leading very individualistic lives right, yeah. but by the time you're caught in you now start to think as one or you start to prepare to do that yeah. and then i suppose it depends depends on family culture some might even start you know meeting family members and then it's like you feel comfortable to now introduce your partner your boyfriend to your family and be like this is a person that we i believe we're going in this direction together so yeah i feel like that was kind of it for us in terms of dating and courting if mm. that makes sense so okay, yeah okay bro and how long did you yeah. court i would say i would so time frame i'll just say about two years okay. so obviously we were in a relationship for three years i mean we're still in a relationship now but i'd say prior to marriage we had a relationship for three i would say the first year or so or even first six months to a year was more relationship by the time she um, finished her first degree, mm. then I felt like, okay, this is leading to that courting stage. Mm. And I think by then I'd met most of the um, extended family as well. So we kind of already knew that it was gearing towards that mm. stage. So I'd say courting, if we, if we have to put a time period, yeah, two, about two years. Mm. Yeah. And, and how did you handle it in terms of, um, you know, obviously being in a relationship you know, there's going to be temptations, you know, mm, you know, mm, your wife's a good looking person, your mm, good looking also, there's mm, that attraction. Mm, mm. So how do you guys manage to overcome that, you know, before, because obviously you know, like, you know, fornication, all that stuff. Mm, so how mm, did you, you and uh, Daniel manage to... Is that within the relationship or, you, or you're relationship, talking about external? Like, just in general, like just, um, mm. but within a relationship, Obviously, you know, when you got together, I'm mm. sure, you know, there's times where you turn the room together and it's like... Yeah, oh, you know, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, yeah, how yeah. that for you? You know, I, I'll, I'll keep it 100 with you, man. And I, and, and I feel like it's, it's important to really provide clarity on this question because oftentimes people avoid giving detail out of, I don't want to put my business out there. Mm. But I feel like whilst it, whilst it can be seen as wisdom, mm. I think... It's, it's useful to really explain these things yeah, so that people one know that you're human yeah. and two people can see that like there's they can really learn from you and they can yeah. glean i'll be very real like there were times where it was really difficult for me and my my wife now prior to marriage and i say that because when people say they don't get tempted i often question 
whether you're really attracted to your spouse. Because if you're really attracted to someone, I do not know how you are sitting beside someone attractive and you don't feel or think anything. If you don't, you may as well call it platonic. Like, you may as well. That's, that's, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sat next to Toby. There is no feelings like that because, because, not like that. Because, because he's my bro. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, and like, we don't, we don't, we're not, we're not looking in that direction. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, if my missus is sitting beside me, like, like, one, one, yeah, her yeah, hand yeah, on my, yeah. her hand on my leg yeah. is is enough. Like I'll just be real with you guys. And she might. And the thing is, and the thing is, like, Emma's looking at me like, yo, this is this is the real tea. <laughs> She's like, I shout at Emma. She's looking at me like, yo, this is the real tea. So like, if I knew this was what I was gonna come to today, I'd have come with popcorn and everything. <laughs> But um, but like, as in what I mean is she might not intentionally even be trying to do anything. Like sometimes that's just how like wives and husbands are. Like you just put your hand on your spouse. But sometimes I've noticed that like my wife will put her hand on my knee and like, I'm like, please move your hand. Because instantly it sends a shock through my body. It it really does. Do you know what I mean? And and I feel like in answer to your question, French, it was a lot harder when we weren't married. Like when you're not married to someone, yeah, it is a lot harder because you don't you don't want to necessarily take advantage of them and vice versa. You don't you don't have it in mind to do it like that. If you really love someone, you don't have it in mind. I want to take advantage of them or be like that. But the reality is that your flesh and your human and you're governed by five senses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you feel, you see, you touch, um, you smell, etc. And so by virtue of those things, it's 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 difficult sometimes to to restrain and refrain. Like I'll give you guys practical examples, you know, so that it's not like I'm just kind of talking, you know, wider. Like there there were times where like it's just me and her, like in you know, say the the um so the way her family house is set up is they've got like a, a front room and then they've got like a another front room for example. So they've got two two kind of living rooms but one's where like the family normally chill yeah. another one is just like where they host guests and stuff so me and her will, will spend a lot of time in the guest one to obviously give the family their space and they'll give us our space as well and like there'll be times where like bro like i will have to refrain from really like touching her and holding her because i know if i don't get my hands off within 30 <laughs> seconds i cannot predict what's going to happen next wow. and like if my if my father if my father and mother-in-law listen to this like <laughs> I, I know that i know the next time Mommy, they see this like i know the next time they see me it might be a mad one but but you know what it is, is no, i'm just problem, i'm just keeping it real because yeah, i i feel like I would be I would be doing an injustice yeah, to your yeah, listeners yeah. and to viewers if I don't keep it real and if yeah, I don't let you guys know how difficult it is. And again, like you have to look at the times we're living in. Sin is really prevalent now. The Bible talks about you know darkness will be on the face of the earth, and it says even gross darkness. Like there's there's a there's a lot of that happening right now, and it's 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 easy very quickly for you know, just general attractions and feelings to evolve into lust. Like there's a very blurry line where like you're you're feeling a certain type of way towards someone you like and you know, 
And this is where like, you know, the faculty of the mind is key because that's the deciding factor. Sometimes you don't even mean, like, like I gave the example of Danielle putting her hand on my knee, that could be innocent. But if I don't control myself within a certain time period, or if I don't allow the spirit to control my faculty, then my mind can go places. And we're boys, like, you know what I mean? We're, we're men, do you know what I mean? Like, we know what we're like, do you know what I mean? We know how we're designed, we know how we're wired. Like, women are a lot more moved by what they hear, we're moved by what we see, do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm very, very much more conscious of the fact that like, you know, Danielle is attractive to me, you know what I mean? Like, and as a result of that, I had to really be careful. Like, thank God we, you know, we didn't fall, you know, prior to marriage, and, and that's the grace of God. It was not easy. It did not come without its challenges. Like there were times where, you know, it was really, really difficult, really, really hard. Like times where you just want to see each other to touch each other. Like I'll just keep it 100. You don't want to see to talk. You don't want to see to discuss. It's not, let's meet up to talk. It's, it's, it's like, no, there's no conversation fam. It's let's meet up and let's get it cracking fam. Let's let's get down to business fam. I'm just, be, listen, I'll keep it I real. It, I, I have it. to keep it real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean bro. And that's, and that's and that's and that's like that's that's um that's really the reality of like courting and when you're a believer people you know tend to expect that you know you can't do this and you can't do that but it's like look it's the grace of god that helps me you know paul talks about it's not i but christ that lives in me and that's what that's what i believe sustained us it wasn't us if it was left if it was down to me mm. Let me know. Let me just leave it there. So, yeah, you know I mean, let me leave it there. I'm also getting my notepad out. So yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Let, let me ask a question. So you said, um, what got you, um, what um, got you to your wife was when she said um, the word. She said, "Without so God, how can you lose?" Yeah. yeah. Lose? Now in the relationship um, going forward. Did she ever say stuff that triggered you in a way? Okay, if that makes if you got like negatively negatively. Uh, if she did, how did you, um, how did you overcome that using the word kind of thing? Using the word as in the yeah, the, script, the, the scriptures. scriptures, right? Okay. So, like for example, you know, um, let's probably just example. Like, um, I'm, I'm sure she obviously she had that mindset. But when it came to like future wise, all these kind of things, when it comes to society, you know, and the way you see society, obviously I'm, I'm probably sure you saw society f- through the word, mm-hmm. but there are times where probably she didn't see it through the word. In, or I don't know if she did or not, but if that happened, how did you deal with that situation? Mm-hmm. Okay, if so that, just to, so just to understand your question, are you saying, so is it two parts? So one is, did she ever say anything that, you know, I suppose was not positive and was maybe not great. And when I say great, as in like it necessarily didn't correlate with the word and yes. how did I overcome um, that? Yeah. And then I think your second question is more around like, you know, her viewpoint on like society and scripture and stuff. Okay. And I think the way I will answer that is we're all human. Mm-hmm. And so of course there'll be times and there'll be moments where you say things that, you know, you, that don't necessarily tally up with the word of God. But I think the, the key thing to, 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 to say about my wife is that Danielle is not a, she's not a positive wife or a positive woman. Like she is driven by Christ. Mm. And the reason I say that is because 
positivity doesn't always equate to godliness. Mm. Like you can be good, but being good isn't God. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Positivity doesn't always equate to godliness. Mm -hmm. You can be good, but good isn't always God. Do you know what I mean? Um, Because society's standards and definitions of good might not necessarily tally up with with God's definitions. So by virtue of that, that, yeah, I can't like sit here and think of examples of a time she might have said this. Like the only thing I can maybe think of is maybe times where she might be emotional or she may doubt herself or she may be in in Mm. a place of doubt of a certain situation and maybe there's certain words that have come out that necessarily don't reflect what the scriptures say about her who she is already in Mm -hmm. christ etc and i think for me it was important it's always important that because marriage is not just like a covenant marriage is a partnership you know i mean i always remind my wife that you know we are partners in everything. We're partners in marriage. We're part, we should be partners, you know, in business, unless God has called us to different business areas. Like ideally, like should be partners in business. We should be partners in finance. We should be partners in everything. But just because you're partners don't mean you always see things the same way. Yeah. The end of the day, like there'll be days where she's low and there'll be days where I'm maybe not so low and vice versa. And I think for me, one of the things I always had to come to terms with is that when she might not be her strongest, you know, it's now the 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 responsibility doesn't necessarily fall on me to always be strong for her, is to remind her that she has strength through Christ. Because mm-hmm. I'm not the one that really can equip her with strength. Mm-hmm. It's God that strengthens, you know, both of us, both to will and to do. So I think in answer to your first question, it's more a case of the way our relationship has been cultivated is that when one person is low, the other, you know, will encourage. And I think that's just standard. I think that's how it should be. If you're in a relationship and you're not feeling your best or you're not feeling your greatest or you're not necessarily speaking positively, you're, you, 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 you look to God. But I think that sometimes we ignore, you know, the fact that God has given us people around us to speak life into us, you know. And I say that because if you raise a child today and all you speak about that child is negativity, unless that child knows who they are in Christ, that's going to affect them. I was listening to an influencer yesterday and she was saying in a video that all the words that come out of your mouth of yourself, if the words that you say about yourself were written and tattooed on your body, what would your body look like? And that stuck with me because I always then began to realize that I have a greater sense of responsibility to speak life and speak positively mm-hmm. to my wife, even when she doesn't feel positive or even when she doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part of the question. I hope that answers that yeah, part. And I think definitely. the second part is you were talking more so much about society and you know how her, her views are shaped. I think that like um, with Danielle, she comes from a very good home. And mm-hmm. so, you know, her, her family have done a really good job in helping them to not just understand Christ and faith, but understand how to navigate, you know, the world systems and, and even just, you know, um, culture in general. And I think that one thing that I like about my wife is that, you know, she's um, she understands that like, she understands very well that she's in the world, but not of it. So she takes advantage of the systems of the world, but doesn't necessarily bow to those systems. You know what I mean? And I think that like, that has helped her to not just understand how to maneuver in society, but also how to um, be relatable across cultures as well. So I think that's really, in, in terms of like her viewpoint, the ironic thing is, 
when she was, I think she was maybe 15 or 16, it was during A-levels, she was in sociology class and she heard a statistic that said something along the lines of, you know, Afro-Caribbean boys are three times likely to be excluded um, or something like that. And, you know, we, we kind of would understand that statistic a bit better given our cultures and backgrounds. And that really, like, affected her. From then till now, she, she can still vividly recall that moment. And I think that really helped her to pursue sociology and politics mm. as a degree, which helped, her, which helped to shape her view of society, which helped to shape her view of why should someone's class, race, background, you know, affect their outcome in 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 life you know why is that why is that you know why can't they be given opportunity and and i think that like what she's trying to do and what has helped is she's trying to really balance and bring the faith aspect and sort of merge it with the um societal and social and sociological um aspects and sort of marry the two together to provide opportunities so her view might not so her viewpoints of society might not necessarily be conventionally christian or might not necessarily be accepted in christendom because it doesn't look at you know it doesn't just look at things through the lens of you know everything to do with how we see things in the falls of a church it merges you know and draws upon different things so um that's that's what I got from your question, and that's why I've yeah, answered cool, it in yeah. that way. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool, cool, man. That's, that's literally cool. a good answer. Well, I've, got, I've got one other one still. Uh, uh, cool, man. <laughs> um, so, you know, you know, obviously, you know, the Bible talks about, like, you know, the man being the head. And mm. I think that... You know, uh, we're going there, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, uh, look, as, as we've grown up, we've seen uncles and stuff like that. They take that literally to the point where the wife couldn't even say, you can't, mm. you can't stand in front of me and be talking. Mm. And she kept on saying, like, we're in the kitchen, wherever, wherever, wherever. So... You, you knowing that, you know, you being a, 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 a godly person and stuff, so you knowing that you're the head, how did you use that and frame yourself as a husband, if you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, do you know what? It's, bro, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think it's one thing to know yeah, that... So what kind of head of the household are you? Like, that's a good question. Kind of, yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I'll, I'll start with the fact that um, it's one thing to know or to, or to be aware of the fact that you are the head of a home or you are the husband and you're the leader of your home, it's another thing to really walk in that and it's another thing to portray that. Mm. Ephesians 5, I think 22 says, submitting yourselves one to another, but then like the verses below all talk about, you know, the roles of husbands and wife, like, you know, wives submitting to husbands, mm-hmm. husbands loving your wife, etc. And it's funny because when I speak to people who aren't even in the faith, uh, you speak to women, for example, mm. they understand that. Yeah, they yeah. understand that like, because women don't really have an issue submitting or following mm. a man that truly loves them. Yeah, yeah. When a man really loves a woman, I, f- I find it that it's easier for women yeah, to just submit, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is why God didn't tell, or God didn't tell, God didn't tell women through Paul yeah. that women should love their husbands because mm. women don't have a problem in giving oh, love. Yeah, yeah. They're wired and designed to give love. It's men that might have that issue. Do you know what I mean? And us for men, we want respect. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes women might have that issue in terms of being able to give respect. But back to your initial question about, um, you know, knowing your role as the head of the home. I think one of the things that is vital for me to say is if you have a good role model as a head of the home, it helps shape what you see and how you behave. For me, my dad was a good leader and good head of his home. Mm. It wasn't always 
the, he wasn't always perfect in his decision making, you know, with my mum. He necessarily never always got it right, but who, who does get it all right? No one does. But he modelled what a good husband looks like. And when I say good, I mean godly husband. But, you know, yeah, exactly. And you learn that. But beyond having good role models, I think role models play a part, but there's only so much role models can do. Because as much as my dad was a good husband, he married my mum in the 1990s. We are now in the 2020s. And so marriage then and marriage now are not necessarily the same. They were shaped very differently in the early 90s, you know, by culture, by society, by a lot of different things, you know, and they're very much different today. When my dad was getting married, marriage was still a thing that people pursued as like something important. It still had a certain level of respect. There was a certain dignity and integrity that surrounded the covenant of marriage. Now in today's society, now marriage isn't really looked at in that same way. Like, you know, um, you know, we see all types of marriages today, you know, and we're, we're not even just talking necessarily like, you know, from a gender perspective, we, we're just seeing all, all sorts happen, you know, very, very different. Now marriage has like very different definitions to people. Some people don't really see marriage as just, you know, a husband and wife who go to a church and do that. And like some people look at themselves as married people, even though they're just living together or even though they're just in partnerships, etc. And it's not really for me to kind of pass judgment on those things. I think the as a man knowing your place in the home is very important and when i say in the home i say the home because the home is your domain you are the king priest and ruler of your home that's your domain so it's important that you make that environment very comfortable and conducive for your spouse to thrive i always say to people if your spouse feels like they're surviving in the marriage and not thriving then that's on you as the head of the home. Because there are people who are just surviving in marriage, as in they're just doing enough to get by, but they're not really achieving or living. And so for me, my biggest responsibility to my wife is to serve her. That's what makes me the head of the home. It's not something that sounds nice to say on a podcast or on a camera, it's, it's, it's the truth. It's that if she can't confidently say, he goes, he does what he needs to do to serve me, then I've missed it as a husband. I don't care how many stages I'm on tomorrow. I don't care how many people invite me to preach. I don't care how much money I make. I don't care how many cars I acquire or how many materialistic things I have. If my, if my spouse, my wife cannot say confidently that, that she knows that I prioritize serving her and serving the purpose, of God in her life, which is also really important, then I've missed it as a spouse. Because I'm gonna give an account to God one day about how I used my position, my position as a husband. That's what I believe. I believe I will give an account on that. And so I take that as, as, as that's, as, that's as important to me as anything in, the, in, in this life. It's, it's, it's as important. And so I think that for me, being more practical on it, have I always been the best head of the home? No, like my wife probably watch this and be like, mm, like give, give them the real tea. Like, no, not always. Like I've, I've, I've sometimes, you know, lost my temper. Sometimes I've been angry. Sometimes I've yeah. even, you know, misused my position as head of the home, you know, and that's, that's very easy for you to do. When you're a man, you know, you can really sometimes, yeah, your ego and pride can get to you and you can really, really, um, you can really, you know, insult or abuse your spouse. And when I say abuse, I don't necessarily mean physically. I'm even saying the words that come out of your mouth. And, and, I, and I've been guilty of that a number of times, you know, where I have stepped out of line with my wife. And I think for me, 
the, the most dangerous thing that could happen is when you abuse your, your place as the head of the home and your wife doesn't even respond or say anything and she leaves yeah, you to God, God yeah, to yeah, deal God, with. Because God, God. God will deal with you in a way that like, <laughs> it, it's long. Yeah. I, know when, I know when women, <laughs> women, maybe, when, when, when you offend women and they're quiet, oh, you better be afraid. Yeah, yeah. Like when my wife stops talking, when I'm screaming or when I'm upset, I become internally worried about what is going on in her mind because I'm like because now because now because now I don't know I don't know what ammo she's got yeah. ready for me. I'm gonna say ammo. It's not about sh- she doesn't ever shout back. I must say that like one one of the things that I'll say is my my marriage has has blossomed because my wife has. And I don't really like using the phrase understood her role because it can sometimes denote that like she is that she's subservient. No, she's not. But she has she has understood that like But it's good though. It is. No, it is, it is, because it's scriptural and biblical. But I understand that not everyone in your audience may understand that because they might not have that scriptural and biblical context. But beyond understanding her role, I think one of the things that has helped is she's understood that this is the type of person I've married. Mm. And she didn't come into the marriage or approach it with, I'm trying to change him because she's realized she will never change me. Yeah. If anything's going to change me, it has to be God. So, so, so let me, yeah. So, no, repeat that. So, 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 okay. Even works both ways. So you can't approach a marriage or mm. even a relationship as in, this is not necessarily just with your spouse, even like, my relationship with Toby or French. Mm. I can't approach that relationship thinking I'm going to change French or yeah, Toby because exactly. they're coming from different backgrounds, mm. different cultures, different homes, journey, like yeah. different journeys in life. So if I go into a marriage thinking I'm going to change you, to mold you to what I think you should be, I'll spend the whole marriage doing yeah, that. And I, and, I, and I won't be successful. I may change little things and I may use force to enforce some of those things. But the reality is that I will just never change her to yeah, be who yeah, I want her to be because that's not my job. Mm. One of the things that I appreciate that my she wife has... Exactly. No, you're right. One of the things, and it's the final thing I'll say, is one, one of the things that I appreciate about my wife is that she's allowed me to really be myself mm. and when i say myself mm-hmm. joshua to the fullest mm. like there's no there's no part of me that i need to hide like she mm. sees it all so whilst people on this podcast may be listening to the intellectual articulate version of josh mm. she sees the 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 um the clumsy <laughs> clown yeah, like yeah, banter yeah, like yeah, the the silly yeah, josh yeah, yeah, like she yeah. sees me in all facets yeah, you know of yeah. of of life and so yeah, so to, 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 you know, you've asked a really good question, French, in terms of, you know, this role of being the head of the home. It's, it's a huge responsibility. Mm. It really is because being the head of something or being in charge of something means that everything falls on you. It rises and falls on your shoulders. Mm. So you might think that being the head equates to power and it equates to I'm in charge, mm. which it does. But it means that, like, you have the responsibility of everything, Mm. which means that you have to have spiritual oversight. There are a lot of men who are head of homes in name, but they're not head of homes in Christ. I'll repeat that. There are a lot of men who are head of homes in name. So when people come to your house, it's this is Mr. Johnson's house, but that's what it is. It's your house. Mm. You are not really responsible for that home. You're not responsible to manage and cultivate that home. And I find that like there are a lot of 
there are a lot of men today who they are not spiritually the oversights of their home. Yeah. And that is a responsibility reserved for the man. You are supposed to lead your home in Christ. That's not to say that your wife doesn't play a role, but you are, you are placed in that position to lead. And you don't lead from the front alone, you lead from behind. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone, you're watching everyone and you're pushing them. And I, I always like to think that, you know, when it comes to leading as a, as a head of the home, I think that practicing with your spouse is a great way to help to prepare for when you decide, if you decide to have children and build. Because if you can lead your wife properly and if you can demonstrate to her that you can lead her well, it gives her the confidence that when you have children, you can lead those children as well. You know, Because how you treat her is definitely gonna be an indication of how you will treat the children you have together. You're not gonna treat them any different or better. If you can't treat the person you are building life with, with respect or with dignity or with honor, you're not all of a sudden gonna start doing that to the, to the children you create together. So, hope that answers your question, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. I was gonna say, you no, 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 you got one, you got one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no, I was gonna, um, I don't really expect to speak into you. Obviously, I know you mentioned about obviously like the two years and obviously the third year is basically when you guys actually came together and said, boom, let's do this. Did you guys have any doubts? That's a good question. So, are you talking about doubts on if we were just the like, ones to be together? Just, just like in general, throughout the whole, because like we know how it goes. The first six months is you know, my favorite color is blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see, after that, I mean, that like, you, know, you start to talk about, sense, like you yeah. said, you have that discussion about. Yeah, you're not having real deep conversations yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. The future plans and future goals and stuff together. Mm. So, throughout. I'm never going to say the beginning because the beginning doesn't really count. So after the six months, like you said, you made a decision, boom. Mm. After, after the six months, like leading, leading toward like, you know, the proposal, mm. like do you guys have any doubts within each other and just in general? That's a good question. I think, um, and and I can, I can categorically speak for my wife, I won't speak fully for her, but I think from Danielle's perspective, I believe that when she realized that I was serious about this and, you know, knowing, you know, that I'm godly, um, I think that it put her mind at ease and at rest. Mm -hmm. And I think that for her, she never looked back. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to believe. But babe, if you did, then maybe you can, maybe you can come on the podcast and, and talk for yourself one day. <laughs> maybe, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe you need to come to your side. But I'd like to believe that like, when, I, I made that decision that we're gonna start pursuing a you know a serious relationship that there was no doubts from her. There might have been doubts from her on the timing of when she might get married because I was still a uni student. And so you can't always project far into the future because a lot of it depends on the man. As in generally in society, you know, men still do more of the proposing even though now we're seeing like, you know, it's a reverse um, situation sometimes. But with that being said, for me, if there were any doubts, and this is me just being really transparent, is that I had doubts sometimes that maybe I might not be the best husband. And, not, and the reason I say that is because you, you think that sometimes when you're a good person or that when you have good values and morals, that it will always carry you through in another season of life. But for me, what I had to understand is that for the first 24 years of my life, I had never been someone's husband. 
Mm. I had just been a son and a friend to people. Mm. And so that was only one aspect or few aspects of my life that I had understood. Mm. And as a son, I understand my role as a son very well Mm. because I don't ever stop being a son. It's just things get added on. So I become a husband, I become a father, I become a grandfather. But when you step from friend and son and colleague to husband and brother, etc. Yeah, when you now step into husband, it changes the whole trajectory of your life. So if there were any doubts I had, it was that, can I still be a good son, a good friend, a good colleague, um, a good brother, a good mentor in some cases, and still be an all round good elite husband? Because I can't project that because I've never walked that journey. So I think maybe my, my only doubt was, I felt sometimes like, because of how great a wife I knew she was going to be and that's the thing is that that's the irony of your question is that I knew she'd be a great wife but why didn't I have that confidence that I'd be a great husband and that's a question I still ask myself to this day sometimes because as my wife always says to me I know you'll be a great husband but for me it's like I know you're saying that based on what you know of me but you've never seen me in the capacity of a husband what you're doing is a risk when you say you're going to marry someone and commit to them for the rest of your life. Because once you get into that covenant, it's not something you can just undo. Like, as in what I mean by that is legally we're married, as in we have signed legal documents that say by law, we are husband and wife. So it's more than just a thing, a commitment we've made before God and and friends, you know, you know, I was fortunate to have, you know, Toby at my wedding and was there like, you know, as a witness to see this. It's not just about that. It's It's also about the fact that you are, you are making a a legal contractual agreement to do something. And how do you sign a contract for something that you've never done or you don't even know you have the capacity to do? And that's where like, I think the reliance of the Holy Spirit comes into it. But yeah, I would say that there were definitely doubts on my end. And I think it was more of, can I deliver and, and be a husband? And I think that then led into, if I, what if I'm not a good father as well? That was it. And that, the thing is, and that's sometimes why controlling your thoughts is key. Because once I started doubting about whether I could be a good husband, instantly I started thinking about whether I could be a good father or not. And then that started to unfold. And then I started doubting, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not ready. And that's another thing is that one thing leads to another. And then rather than you two going in that direction of we're heading towards it confidently, I felt like there were moments in our courtship where I was withdraw, where I started to withdraw, even from her. But it's not that she did anything wrong. It's that I didn't have that confidence that I might be able to really do this well. Um, and, I, and that's just me being transparent. I, I didn't always feel like I'd be the best husband. And I'd seen really good examples. So that even kind of, you know, sometimes fueled my, my doubt just based on seeing other people's marriage. Because no one's gonna say they don't watch other people's relationships. Like we all do, like we see relationships. Everyone has an idea of what they think Beyonce and Jay-Z's relationship looks like, or well, we know what it looks like from what we see, but we don't know what it is. We don't know that Jay-Z's a great husband or Beyonce's a great wife. We just assume that they are because of what we see on social media. So I didn't wanna be someone who just looked good on the gram. I wanted to be someone who really i am the real deal yeah, and i had know, doubts yeah, that i was the real deal yeah. so I yeah mean, man like, I, I don't know to what you just said like because obviously you have to know that yeah like this is a husband yeah i want to marry this is a wife mm. i want to marry so like in terms of like you doubting yourself in terms of like you being 
I'm not going to be the, the good father or the perfect father. Let me use perfect, but I'm going to be the good father for my kids. Or I'm going to be the good husband for my wife. Having your your spouse with you, kind of like, I'm trying, I'm trying to phrase this correctly. Even if you have doubts in yourself, if you have someone that's all negative and ah, leave him alone, he, yeah, can, yeah. he can figure that out by himself, mm-hmm. kind of brings you down. But obviously, mm. in your case, she kind of like took you out of that whole system of doubting because. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. She was instrumental in that. I think, I think again, and this is like me being a bit more transparent now. I think that really stemmed from like my background and my circumstance. So, um, top Tobes will know, and French might know this a bit as well. But obviously, like, um, I come from a divorce background, and so I think for me, seeing you know divorce firsthand and feeling its effects. Um, that had a negative effect on me and how I viewed marriage because in my eyes, my parents' marriage was perfect right up until it ended. Uh, and so I think by virtue of that, it it had, it had it, it exposed me for the first time, you know, and really made me see life in a different way. And so when I got into a relationship with my wife, I feel like a lot of the doubts came from can I sustain this marriage because I don't want to repeat divorce? Mm-hmm. That's where it's come from. It's not from a place of, I don't think I'm good enough, mm-hmm. even though that might have sometimes filtered in. It's more of, I've seen what I thought was a perfect marriage crumble. Yeah. And my view was then, if my parents can divorce, yeah, then there's no hope, true. there's no hope at all. Yeah, 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 Do you know what I mean? See, that's, your, see, that, that's, that's the know. funny thing, cause it's like, I hear what you're saying in that. Mm. My thoughts are kind of the same because also growing up, it's like, boom, like, mommy's happy, mm. you know, it looks so, you know. It's good, man. Yeah, but you don't really know what's going on yeah. as a child. Like, yeah. then, when you hear, oh, mom and dad are really together mm. from a young age, you're like, oh, how am I going to kind of like mold myself into the, you know, mm. better version of yeah, what yeah. could have been for my parents? Mm. And you hear mm. talking about, you hear thinking, oh, Scared, you know. Mm. Nah, yeah, no, it's no, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm trying to say, so it's, it's, not, it's obviously, no, like, it's good that you're here because, like, obviously, you're married, so you're already mm. living it. Mm. We're still trying to get to live it. 100%. Yeah. And it's yeah. been a struggle at times, or like, mm. no, it's, it's good hearing yeah. what you're saying because, like, yeah. I, would say, I, I would doubt myself if the position came into play, mm. but it's like, because I've seen, like I said, you've seen it firsthand the whole divorce and how it kind of ruins the whole family. And sometimes it can ruin the whole family for years upon mm-hmm. years. And it's like, do I want to continue that pattern? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So when I, when, when I ask you, like, did you have any doubts? You actually answered the question so perfectly. Like, oh, thanks, bro. I appreciate it's it. like, yeah. the doubts you had, she, she, she made you overcome those doubts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely was instrumental to that, so yeah, that's, for sure. That's, that's a key thing as well, like, in terms of like, this whole mm-hmm. marriage thing. Because in a relationship, it's not really... It's, it's a relationship. It's, yeah, marriage it's is a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. We're not gonna sit here and be like, "Hey, yo, mom's gonna get married tomorrow." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it takes time. Yeah, yeah. No, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's it's also amazing the fact that um, like I remember, I remember you mentioned that your girl, your, not, not my girl. Your no, she's still she's still my girl though. She's still my girl. She's my wife, but she's my girl though. For sure, she's forever my girl. She's forever my girl. Yeah, your wife knows who she's in Christ. So. That because her because she knows who, you, who she is in Christ, she knows who you are in Christ. Hence, why it helped her to remind you that yo, look, this is who you are. This is your identity. So I, I, that's that's also very important as well. I, I had a question for him. Yeah, you did. I was going to yeah, say you yeah, had a question, French. It was it was it was it was following it was following his point 
um, or rather, oh, I remember. you remember now, yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, the word shapes us. Absolutely, the word shapes us. absolutely. absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did the word for you, how did you use the, your, the word to shape you mm. as a husband? And what's, and do you have a, you know, everybody has that, like a go-to verse. Yeah. That verse that's yeah. in you. That's a good question. You're like, yeah, yeah, So what's been your verse that at the time when you doubted yourself, it came to you? And mm. you know, how did you use the word to, you know, yeah, just, just mold you as a husband? Bro, that's, just, that's... To, just, sorry, just to add to that question, because I was literally coming to that. Mm. But in terms of now, in, in, in a situation, in your, like you and your wife, like, like I said, what word or as a Christian, how did you overcome situation in your marriage? If there's any like, um, let's say arguments and things like yeah that. argument apart from even apart from argument where the times where as a provider mm. you know as a provider probably oh you, you've planned to do something and obviously he doesn't work out mm. kind of thing what gives you that encouragement in the word how like you said mm. to go what was that word how do you you know encourage yourself kind of thing if that makes sense I don't mm. yeah yeah you're not going to get Mm. No, 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 hundred percent. I think. Um, can you rem- can you let me ask a French question and then can you repeat yeah, your please. question afterwards, just so I don't forget it? If that's all right, yeah. Please. Cool. So, French, your question was, um, what's that go-to word and how did the word mold me? I think I'll start off with um, my go-to scripture. So, it's one of my favorite verses, and, and and my wife, you know, knows this very well. It's from Romans nine sixteen. Mm. Um, it says, "It's not unto him that wills." or that him that runs, but God that shows mercy. Mm. And why that verse, um, why I love that verse so much is that it's actually, you know, recounting an event in the life of Moses. Mm. And I believe that's what God was saying to Moses is that it's not unto you that makes the, the, the decision to run. Mm. It's not of your own power or your will or strength, but everything is God's mercy. Mm. And I think that's important. We often talk about God's love, his grace, but we don't often talk about his mercy. And I think that as a husband, I've experienced God's mercy Mm. and I've allowed that to shape me from a scriptural basis. One of the things I see today, and it must be said, is that we're living in a time and a generation where people don't read the word. They don't study the word. They don't meditate on the word. They don't recite the word. Why I say that is there will be circumstances in life where it's the word that saves you. It's the word that upholds you. It's the word that keeps you. And if you're not really <laughs> into the word, well. if you're not into the word, and if the word is not in you, because remember Christ said that, you know, he, he abides in us and we abide in him. It's not one way, it's both. So even though Christ is in us, we are in him. And he's the what? He's the word. And so by virtue of that, if you do not allow the word to become ingrained in you, if you don't have memory of the word, if you can't recite certain aspects of the word, or if certain verses cannot be recalled from your memory, then what you will find is that you will have situations where you will not know what to say. You will be fumbling in prayer. You will be fumbling when it comes to dealing with certain situations. Now, let me caveat that with, this scripture, Ecclesiastes, I think chapter nine, verse 10 and verse 11. 
this is another scripture that I've used to mold me as well. And Ecclesiastes, um, I think it's, it's 9, 10, not 10, 9. I might have to check that. But it's either 9, 10. Yeah, check it. So the scripture I'm talking about, yeah, check. It's probably 9, 10 and verse 11. So the scripture I'm talking about says, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no knowledge, there is no wisdom, there is no power, there is no device in the grave that you are surely going. Then verse 11 then goes on to say that I looked up and I saw that the race was not to the swift, um, the, the battle was not to the strong, um, there's no bread to the wise, but no riches to the, yeah, but time and chance happens to them all. So that's, that's 9, 10, isn't it? And 11, right, exactly. So those, those two verses and Romans 9, 16 have really molded me and shaped me. And the reason I say that is because I'm often always reminded of the fact that everything that I acquire in this world, I'm not taking to the grave which means that everything that I have the opportunity to do in this life, I must do it well. And that involves, that includes being a husband and in marriage, is that I must do it well. Like I must be able to measure, I must be able to quantify, I must be able to set metrics for how I'm performing. You guys all work, and you work in a legal field, for example, you, you understand that like there, there are certain metrics and certain things that your clients will set for you as benchmarks for how successful an event has turned out. It's not so much about just going to court and just necessarily winning a case. It might be other things you have to do outside of that. And so if we relate that to marriage, it's not so much of the fact that, you know, you've been married 20 years, for example, mm -hmm. that might be the equivalent of winning a huge case mm -hmm. because that is seen as a huge achievement. It's the little things, or it's the, let me not say little things, it's the other things, mm -hmm. the, 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 the things that, you know, really help the foundation be strong. Mm -hmm. I think the Bible says, I'm not sure if it's Psalm 127 verse one, I could be wrong with the actual um, verse in scripture, but it says that like, um, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And that, why that resonates with me so much is it reminds me that if my foundation isn't Christ, I, I cannot do anything. I cannot just be here sitting saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can if he's my foundation. If he's not my foundation, I can't do all things through his strength. He has to be my foundation. No, so I think that in terms of scripture, one of the things that helped was I grew up in a home where I had to recite the scripture every day so i have bible study in the morning and every day i'd we'd finish bible study we'd have to recite a verse we'd go to school and when we come back home the very first thing that we're asked is what is your memory verse for the day now during the day whilst i'm at school maybe during lunch or break i'm thinking about that verse not it, at first it was i need to remember it so that when i'm home i'm able to say it but then it became a way of life and 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 i think that like today Today, most people really can't quote five scriptures off their head. They can't. And, I, and quoting scriptures or reciting it does not necessarily equate to godliness or even equate to you being spiritually strong. It doesn't. But what I find is that there are times in prayer as a husband where I'm weak, it's the, it's the memory of scripture and it's the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance what I've studied that has helped me. And that's, and that's the difference, is that the Spirit of God will remind you of things that you, you already know because that's how he is. He's a helper, he's a guide, he's a teacher. So I allow the Holy Spirit to guide me. I don't just recite scriptures so I can sit here on a podcast and say them from memory. No, because that don't mean nothing. It doesn't, no, it doesn't mean nothing at all. It doesn't, at all, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean 
that you are anything more than someone who can memorize. Mm. You can cram, you can cram your theory <laughs> test and pass it. Yeah. Theory test is what, if you cram the theory test book, you will pass that test. Yeah, yeah. If that, that's, that's how you can pass it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, study it, but if you cram it, like you will pass it. Yeah, yeah. Because anyone who crams information can recollect most of it. Yeah, but recollect, recollection of things doesn't necessarily mean that it's ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you live it out. I can quote John 3.16, but slap my wife tomorrow. And I will not forget what John 3.16 says. I will not. And I don't slap my wife. Let me just tell you that now. I, I do not. Because Emma gave me a look when I said that, yeah. And I was just like, she was just like, nah, he ain't a husband. He's talking He's talking about to be. Let me just caveat. I don't slap anybody. Yeah, I don't slap no one. Yeah, let me just say him now. Yeah. Yeah, we don't convoke, don't convoke violence. No, 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 not at all. Do you know what I mean? So that was, that was a bit of an aggressive example to you. But it's a life example. I think it's a good one to have because I think most days like society is different like you know when we were born Christianity was different society was different mm. so we've come into something else now and, and the things of this world are changing rapidly so mm. yeah I, I like examples like that because yeah. you know yeah. it shows like this is a real life everyday situation mm. but we still remember scripture it's in us like you know mm. we live by it mm. and, and we shouldn't we shouldn't regress from that I agree with you mm. I, mm. I agree with you yeah. you're right like I can I can think of the, again not sticking on anybody but mm-hmm. like you know yeah. I think sort of religion has changed a bit these days you know people think yeah I uh, I do this I do that in heaven I'm fine God is cool with me Mm. it's not like that at all God is meant to like Christ is meant to be your everyday Mm. you go go to sleep he's there you wake up he's there Mm. like you know and I think we as Christians as well sometimes take that for granted and I heard the other day like Christianity isn't a religion it's a way of life life, yeah Yeah, that's good it's, it's, it's true like so I think I think when you say things like that fam we should definitely learn from it and adapt oh, yeah. and use it in our everyday lives oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no it makes sense bro i hope, I hope that answers your questions yeah, yeah, okay no, cool the, the funny thing is while you were talking you actually answered my question wow. oh, oh, oh yeah because i was going to come back to your it's, question it's, yeah it's insane because you said um most people don't they like they, they quote the scripture or whatever mm. what you said the word is in you mm. stays with you mm. and so with that you deal with every, that's what you used to deal with every situation mm. because it's what you have inside you. Mm. What's, what's that quote you said last time? The you take the word as so, and, yeah, 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 that's literally what you said was, yeah. so. What it is is we hear the word of God, mm. we, hear, we listen to it, so it enters into us as words, but it lives in us as God. Mm. Mm. That's good, bro. Mm. That is that word. is really good, and so yeah. whatever we have that we have received the word. So it stays in us as God. That's mm. how he builds our spirit. Mm. And so with whatever challenges we have, oh. whatever challenges we have, whether we're single or you're married or whatever, mm. it is what we have inside. It's just like a sponge. When you put a soap in a sponge, when you squeeze that sponge, mm. it's that soap that comes out. Mm. 100%. 100%. You get what I mean? So that's what you... So I don't know if you, if you literally grabbed what he said there, mm, but yeah. if you're facing any situation, the only thing you can d- deal with that situation is what you have inside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And it's yeah. the word you have inside you that makes you deal mm. with that situation. So whatever challenges you have, you know you're coming out victorious because you use the word of God. Mm. And so clearly you've literally, you just answered that question. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because as you were talking, what, what came to mind for me was that 
Um, one one of the things that is, has really helped me to overcome tough situations as, as 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 a man, but even just as a husband, is the awareness and the reality of the fact that like I have Christ in me, mm. and I say that, and I'll and I'll explain that because I think when people hear I have Christ in me, they come to an assumption of what that means. Mm. But what I'm saying is I'm going by what scripture says in Second Colossians nine ten, where it says <laughs> where it says uh, where it says um in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and, and in him you are complete. Do you know what I mean? And and I and I and I say that and I, and, I, and I hope people didn't miss what I said there. I'll repeat it. So it says in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead body. So that's God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. It dwelt in Christ. And then in him, I am complete. So I feel like for me, I don't just hear that. As that enters me and as that lives inside me, I walk with the entirety of the Godhead. So that, that, that like... And I think that oftentimes you will behave like God is not in you. Yeah, and yeah. that's the reality. You will behave sometimes like God is not. But I think that it's important to constantly have that as a reminder. Mm. You have that as a reminder the more time you spend in the word. Because then as you walk and as you go about your life, the word itself starts to remind you that's of what it says. It manifests in you, you know what I mean? That's a very important reminder to have. Yeah, it's, I think it's very, very key because there, there are times that like my, my flesh will fail me. There are times where I might lose it for a second, but when I remember how I, pattern, how, how I pattern myself is, I'm like, you mean, wait, you can behave out of line like this with the Godhead in you and you can do this. Like that patterns me immediately, almost immediately. I'm like, I sit up and I'm like, nah. You can't, you can't behave like that mm. and then be claiming to walk around with God in you. Mm. It's not possible. It's just, it's just, that's where meditation comes in. It just mm. as you're talking, it reminds me of the scripture and I tell, I tell people this. Joshua, for example, mm. Joshua was a slave. His mm. four forefathers, grandfathers were slaves in yeah. Egypt. Yeah. He came out as a slave. Yeah. He was with Moses, had the slave mentality. 100%. But when Moses died, God said to, jo God said to Joshua, listen, I want you to meditate on my word mm. day in yeah, and day and night. night. Yeah. Now, what mentality? This would, what mentality would Joshua have now that Moses is dead, mm. gone? If Pharaoh had come back and say, "Follow me," mm. Joshua would have followed him because mm. mm. all his life is he was a slave, yeah. slave mentality. Mm. 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 But God said, to, "Listen, meditate on my word." He just shows us how powerful the word is, mm. and like you said. You step out of line, but because you've meditated on that word and it's in you, mm. you correct yourself immediately. Yeah. Automatic, it comes round. Yeah, like what yeah. just happened. You, so yeah. that consciousness. And I said mm. to people, when I'm praying, I'm leaving, my, I'm leaving my house. I say, I'm conscious of His presence because mm. that's the that's the main thing. I'm conscious of His presence in me and around me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm saying stuff or whatever in my head and in me, I know that okay. I have to be careful because I've got the presence of God in me. I've received Christ in me and also is around me. He's, he's there with me. Mm. He's there with me. So I'm conscious of it mm. kind of thing. And that alone is just, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, th I think that's why also it's important to, you know, guys in, in Ephesians 6, it talks about, it's in the, as either 4 or 6, it talks about um, putting on the form of God. Mm. 6, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, six yeah. yeah. I think that's, mm. that's, that's literally what um, yeah. I was talking about. Absolutely. Like having that consciousness. If you have the form of God and it talks about the helmet of salvation, mm. you know, it, 
you think about in, in your mind every day is the salvation of Christ. You know what he, the finished mm. work of the cross is in you. Mm. So it reminds you who you are. Obviously, the uh, the breastplate of righteousness, where you know you have a, 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 a I'll say a clean heart. You know what kind of a clean heart you're, because the Bible always talks about um, guarding your heart with diligence. With diligence, yeah. Right? And obviously yeah. the, the, the yeah. belt of truth. You know, gospel, uh, peace, uh, faith, and the the, the word, mm. the sword. So mm. yeah, definitely. Like just just him talking about that. You know, being conscious and yeah, like you say, in the word patterning you, it just reminds me of the arm of God, just having that every mm. day, daily, ready for whatever yeah. situation comes at you. Yeah, so, no, that's 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 um that's that's so important. You no, know, and and I'm now seeing that from a slightly different perspective now that you've mentioned <laughs> the armor because it really is a representation of God protecting you and guarding mm. you with His word, like mm. as an armor, and that that's a very you know, very visual way to kind of think of it. You know, when you think of like what an armor is, mm. it's a protection mm -hmm. for when you're going to war and when you're going to battle. Mm. You know, and slightly just going back to your point about Joshua, you know, I, I love that verse so much. That was one of my favorite verses growing mm. up, you know, I think jo Joshua won six to eight. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that helps as well. <laughs> I knew someone was going to get out to me for that. <laughs> no, no, jo jo no, no yeah. Joshua was about yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's funny you talk about that because I think, you know, um, and, and I believe the verses you're talking about is, is Joshua 1, one, six, eight. one eight, yeah. yeah. You know, talking about this book of the law shall not depart you from your mouth, you know, meditate. you shall meditate on it day and night, you know, and, and you'll be successful and, you know, be strong and being courageous. And and I find it so interesting that God said to, to, to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Like, you know, he already knew he was dead, but the fact that he had to tell him and the fact that, you know, God was even so intentional about, you know, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You know, like, that's so intentional on recitation mm. and that's where recitation and meditation for me was birthed ironically yes i'm called joshua but for me it was more of the fact that god had to tell someone who had no revelatory knowledge of christ or the holy spirit god had to tell him keep my word in you and in keeping his word in him that's christ that's, christ. that's literally christ God literally said, this book of the law must not depart from him. Meditate on this word day and night. So he was basically saying to him, the, 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 unrevealed, the unrevealed Messiah, keep that in you. It's able to keep you from falling. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's essentially what, you know, Joshua, Joshua had. And, and, and the ironic thing about this is, like, now we're going, like, a bit theological here. Like, when I look at, like, because Joshua is a, is a Hebrew name, yeah? Mm. When you look at the Greek version of that name, that's actually Jesus. Yeah. So Joshua is Jesus. They yeah. both mean um, God saves. Mm. So Jesus literally means, um, well, Christ is anointed one and Jesus is um, son of God and one who saves. And that's what Joshua is. Joshua is God saves. And that's why the name Jesus is actually derived from Joshua. When you look at Joshua, like yeah, Yehoshua, that's actually the name of Christ. Christ like yeah. that's actually his name. And so, there's a direct correlation between how God used Joshua to save his people. Mm -hmm. That was a foreshadow mm -hmm. of what Christ was even coming to do and to really save us. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. Oh, man. No, you said something in the scripture. You just said he's able to keep you from falling. Yeah. Now, now this is, has to do with every aspect of, your, of, of everyone's life, anybody's life. Whether you're married or you know, mm. whoever is in your business and everything, like I, I, I say to people, or I ask people, I said, Do you think someone, do you, do you think it's possible for someone to not fall, just go up and forward consistently without falling? Is it possible? Some people have said, Nah, I don't think so. But I said, 
it's real. Mm. It's possible. Mm. Because there is someone there who is who keeps you from falling. Mm. So it is possible you can have a successful marriage. Mm. It is possible. Because in there he, in there it says he's able, meaning like you said, the foundation. Mm. If your foundation is built in Christ, mm. then Christ is able to keep you from falling. Mm. So meaning your life can be upward and forward mm. only. Yeah. I think that's so key. And, and to, uh, Toby kind of alluded to early when he said, you know, times have changed and like, you know, a lot of people are now, you know, really walking in religiosity and, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a religious way of life. Mm. You know, his, 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 his analysis of that was so spot on because that is what, you know, I see a lot today. I think the reason why a lot of people fall is yes, we're human. And by virtue of being flesh, we make mistakes but it's the mentality. They don't genuinely believe that God can keep them from falling. Mm. You know, the mind informs how you live. You know, if you mentally, like, I, I find it so strange. When people say the power of the mind and the power of words, uh, bro, those things are real, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro, those things true. are real. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've seen some uh, people who do, do it's, it's exa the, exactly yeah. that. I've seen some people who do not profess the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. They do not acknowledge him as Lord and Savior but they understand principle. They don't even understand that the principle they understand is from scripture. But you, I was having this conversation with Danny yesterday as well. I swear. Yeah, because he was like, raw, like, it's so crazy how there's people that don't know God nothing, but they, the mind is, they can actually stop themselves from doing things. Bro, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying is that like, look at Genesis, I think it was, I think it's Genesis 8, 22, where it talks about seed time and harvest, sun and moon, day and night will never cease. That's a principle. So if you sow, you will reap. Mm, so when you see, so when you, so when you hear like, you know, and again, not to sort of digress from marriage, but yeah. I'm using this as an, as an example. When you see people who give a lot, like, you know, I'm talking not just even in the context of faith and God, when you see people who are naturally giving, they never lack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just, I've never seen someone yeah, who true. gives a lot yeah, who lacks. Yeah, exactly. I've just never seen it. If you see someone like that, please let me know. Someone who genuinely <laughs> gives, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never seen that. It's the same as people who sow. I've never seen someone who works hard unless something tragic happens to them. And that's by virtue of whatever. I've never seen someone who works hard, who doesn't reap the reward or have success. Same way in marriage. I've never seen someone who invests in marriage mm. who doesn't you know do well in it yeah, you know yeah, yeah. there's just principles like and these things did not stop or change because christ came like these are principles that govern the earth yeah, yeah, yeah. it governs the systems mm. if you do this this happens, happens. Mm. we don't need you don't need to read the bible or pray for hours to mm. just know you just do it i don't think bill gates spent time praying no, before he started sowing yeah. like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. these guys these guys just live off of principles mm, 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 they, they understand it you know bible talks about what my people perish for lack yeah, of knowledge. knowledge it's not lack yeah. of salvation yeah. it's a lack of knowledge yeah, yeah. you know what i mean it's if you don't know something you can't do something mm. lack of awareness is one thing mm. ignorance is another thing you know, you it's unfortunate mm. if you have both mm. it's unfortunate if you're not aware of something and then it's, on, it's even more unfortunate if you're ignorant mm. yeah. of what you even may be aware of. Yeah, man. And so I feel like that's key and kind of bringing that, you know, right back around to marriage. It's key because you can be aware of your position mm. in your marriage, but you can be ignorant yeah, of yeah. the power that yeah. you may hold. Yeah, yeah. The words you may speak over yourself, over your marriage, mm. or the things that you may do, you don't realize they are byproducts mm. of the things that you are seeing, yeah. mm. you know? So I find that like, that's, um, 
that's very important and and that's kind of like where um i'll end on is that the the word is powerful and it's able to keep us but your words your words that you say and declare they're i won't say they're more powerful but they're just as powerful to a degree because we are we are we are we are gods on earth mm. we are literally rep we are made in his image yeah. he spoke everything to existence mm. so if he spoke everything to existence what happens when you speak things into existence mm. thing, they happen 100 yeah, yeah, the, the word said the word said god said mm. so that we may boldly say mm. because we speak his word mm. it's his word his word doesn't fail Mm-mm-mm. his word doesn't fail so right, he speaks so we may boldly say so mm. meaning it's whatever he said we say mm. yeah 100 percent. personalize it for your own self yeah mean yeah. it's from the from the heart mm. if that if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man brother has been mad quiet. You know? yeah, I feel like he's just—he's yeah, in a state. He's soaking. Yeah, he's just—he's just really taking it in. When Jesse's quiet, he's soaking everything. I've just been watching him for like five minutes. Like he's—he's—he's been in another zone for. See when he goes home. You know, you know, you know. We started the podcast like with the intro, and the man was on a high, and he was like, "I'm just seeing man like yo, he's just sitting there like." I'm just like, bro, where are you, bro? Yeah. I'm just messing, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, like, no, with me, you know, obviously, like, my cousin said, like, when I'm quiet, like, I, just, I like to analyze things, and mm, obviously, yeah. like, when when this topic came about, I said to myself, all right, like, it's just, we need to bring someone in that's already there in it. Mm-hmm. If it was just us, Yes, it's, we'll, 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 it's difficult. We'll be here, you know, waffling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Suffering I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If, if obviously, if Namdi was here as well, you'd have like, because he has, he had married as well. Yeah, yeah, he has a child as well, so it would kind of like. That's even a different perspective. hundred percent. Like both wins in the bar. No, like I'm, I'm analyzing what, what, what you men are saying, the way you guys add in the Bible scriptures, weird, like, but because it's something like you want. I wanna you know, yeah, 100% percent, bro. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, of I'm course. Not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much. Yeah, 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 no, I hate you, bro. I hate you, bro. I hate you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate you. Yeah, I hate you, bro. I rate the realness, bro. I rate the realness, bro. Yeah, like so I'm just I'm just analyzing because like well, like I said, you're there, you're living it. So mm. if I'm taking these words in now, mm. once I reach the stage of actually living it, mm. I already know that, you know, man's got my shield, my sword, I'm not yeah, ready yeah. to go through any type of battle. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But um, obviously, the other thing you said as well is like, if you have a wife that loves you, mm. it, it makes things so man. much easier. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, know what I'm yeah, you, can't, you can't go to marriage with, like, 
you stop balancing the playing yeah field, especially because yeah, yeah, like if you're you looking don't. to go towards marriage fam there's a lot of things you have to get through both of you before then like you've got to put foundations <laughs> yeah, in place and yeah. I think you know like it, it, it's difficult in this world right now to put foundations anywhere yeah, you know yeah, not, talking you, about you, you, not you even Christ yeah you'll be, be tested, tested yeah. so yeah, like, <coughs> listen that, that that word foundation fam, is, it holds it holds so much weight to actually start something like anyone saying like business you know family marriage that word foundation is so important honestly like over the last couple of months, like that word foundation to me, I hold so much mm, weight in it. Yeah. Mm. If you don't have a foundation, anything, everything crumbles, man. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? absolutely. The, um, the my little side hustle that I have with my boy Michael, like we set a foundation, mm, mm, and that mm. foundation has now grown. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So if mm. I can see that I, we set a foundation for what the coaching company, and it's working, working yeah, why can I now sit down and your try to set a foundation for yeah, something yeah, that exactly. I want to do? 100%, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like, it's, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, don't mind me. I'm just, no, 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 it's cool, no, it's cool, bro. No, 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 it's cool, bro. Yeah, no, it's cool. Do you know what I was even going to say was, um, you know, Toby mentioned something quite key, and and if you if you guys permit me just to speak about it. When you spoke, Toby, about, you know, you know, it's, you know, you have to build a foundation and there are a lot of things you have to have in place. I find that like, you know, one of the questions that myself and Daniel get asked a lot is, how has it been for you guys being young and married? Mm-hmm. And and I find that like, that's such an important aspect of our journey because mm-hmm. when I proposed to Danielle, I had just turned 24. Mm-hmm. As in literally, okay. it was less than a month after turning 24. Danielle was still 23. Mm-hmm. Then when we got married, we were both 24, I was just about to turn 25. So these are two 24 year olds mm. walking down an altar saying they're ready to commit to Which each other for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. And 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 were we despised? Did people, you know, you know, doubt a hundred percent? You know, oh, you don't have a house, you don't have this, and then the materialistic yeah. things now came yeah. into play. And and, got, and, uh, and 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 that and I don't even want to get mad. Well on site, yeah. Right bro, where, where were you when I needed you to back it, bro? Where were you, bro? Where were you, bro? When I needed you to back it. Are you here? No, but I'm too in. I'm two years in now, bro. Is, but what are we gonna wheel it? I'm playing, bro. I'm playing, bro. No, no, it's like sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, mm. seeing is believing in it. Yeah, for yeah. me, it seems believing in it. Powerful. So when like when when I hear people judging or doubting, oh, you haven't got this or you haven't got oh, that, man. So this, I'm thinking. What you have right now, mm. yours was on yours was on my stage. Mm. You had nothing as well. So just because you have it, it looks all good build. on the gram or yeah. whatever. Yeah, man. Just because I don't have it right now doesn't I won't eventually get, get yeah, it. Yeah, mm. So when people say, "Oh, like, oh, what's it called? Oh, you guys haven't got a house yet. Mm. You haven't got a mortgage yet." <laughs> Thinking, bro, still, right. still ain't got a mortgage two years in, bro. Right. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? And I'm still okay, bro. I'm still fine, 100%, bro. People look at it and think, nah, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. This, this, is this, is the, this is the beauty of marriage, Our generation is tapped. Our generation is tapped. But this is the beauty of marriage, because like, Josh and Danielle were strong enough to say, regardless of what the world thinks about us, we got each other. Yeah. We got Christ in the middle. Like we don't need to run around after these people pandering to their needs and mm. their ideas of what our marriage should be. Yeah. This is us and we've got Christ. Mm. Everybody else, and, step and, aside. And, you know? and, and what you're saying is so key because one of the things that, you know, was 
you know, one of the things that I believe was a huge test for us is I believe that when we got married was quite significant. So mm. I told us, if you remember, that was September 2019. Yeah, man, man. It was um, it was on a Thursday. Mm. Yeah, we got married and it was just before 2020. And as you guys yeah, know, 2020 yeah, has yeah. been a hell of a year. Good year, good year. So good yeah, year. good, 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 good year. But we, we, we know, we know what we mean when we say good year. Do you know what I mean? But the reality was one of the things that I found is I really tried to cut out naysayers and people who had a lot of opinions because one of the things I noticed was the way people began to speak to me you know, around the time of the pandemic, mm. it was almost like they had doubts as to whether we'd survive. Mm. Because myself mm. and Danielle had only been married six months mm. when the pandemic hit. Mm. So imagine you started your life with someone and then a pandemic hits. We've never lived through a pandemic before yeah. in our lives. Oh, Talk yeah. less of now marriage, in as in marriage. you yeah, are yeah, six yeah, months yeah. into marriage. That's fresh, um, fresh into marriage. Yeah. And then bam, COVID hits. Mm. I know the funniest thing is I say this to everyone, and unfortunately, I, I, I say this with, 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 with joy, but with some, you know, sadness, it's bittersweet. COVID was the best period for us. Mm-hmm. When I say it was the best period, as in like, we had just gotten married, six months came, COVID hit, and, and we had to stay at home with each other. So it gave us a chance to really know each other well. You know, it gave us a chance to really develop a relationship and to really spend time knowing each other. Right now, by God's grace, you know, my wife is in Ghana right now on a mission field. You know, she's gone away for six months to go and volunteer and teach in some of the, in, in a remote part of, 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 of Ghana, mm. where she's teaching young kids. Um, you know, she's a, she's a teacher by profession. She's a qualified teacher. Um, and she's going to teach without being paid. Mm. You know, she's given her time. And I think that, you know, for me, one of the things that was key was hearing God on what he wanted her to do. Because we had a lot of people doubting, like, oh, you're too young in marriage. Like, how can you leave your husband in the UK for six months and then go off and teach? You know, don't you care about your husband, etc." But really and truly, why it works for us, and this is how divine God is, is that COVID gave us a lot of time together. So when it was leading up to her going abroad and stuff, I felt like I'd, I felt like I'd had time. I felt like I'd spent time knowing her and then everything was on lockdown, including schools. So there was a period where she was at home for months, you know, teaching from home or just, you know, at home together. And, and I find that like God is, God is infinite in wisdom, but he also predestines and preordains things in such a structural way. Like I really see how God is a God of order. Like I remember Danielle saying, oh, let's like, you know, let's get married. You know, like a lot of women get really excited when they realize that like, you know, marriage is getting closer. It's like, oh, you know, like let's get married, let's get. And I wanted to hold back. In fact, I wanted to postpone our marriage to 2020 summer. Now, if I had done that, do I know with a pandemic if we would have gotten married? Maybe not. But God, God ordained it that four months before the end of the year, we got married, a pandemic hit, we had time together, and now she's on the mission field. If I had delayed marriage, she will not be on the mission field right now doing what she's doing. Or she may be, but she wouldn't be married. But God had it that we needed to be together at that time so that all of these things could happen. And so I find that like what man despises as as stupid what man despises is what god uses um, um, um and what god carries like where logic ends is where faith begins that's where faith begins for me is where logic ends it makes no logical sense for my wife to res- let, let me say this as well my wife resigned from a well-paying teaching job to go and teach pe- kids in ghana unpaid it wasn't that they sacked her or that she wasn't earning money 
She was earning good money, driving a Mercedes. She she was she had a good life. Mm. She did a good job with good security, but she felt the call of God mm. leading her that direction, and she obeyed. And for me, that that speaks more volumes than anything else. You mean you're newlywed, you're willing mm. to obey God to the point where you you don't have your husband with you. You're willing to obey. That's how I choose to look at it. Someone else looks at it as like, this is stupid. Yeah. How can you leave your husband and do this? Like, I don't look at it as that. I look at it as the cost it follows, the cost, the, the cost to follow Christ is high. He said, those that will follow me must suffer with me. They will. Right now, she doesn't have her husband. Right now, there'll be lonely nights. There's lonely nights for me, definitely. Right now, there's, there's, there's things that people don't see, but the reward will be great because when she gets before him, there are crowns waiting for her. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's important to explain because if she has children right now, or if we have children, how would she be going abroad to do all these things? You can't. So we get people saying things like, oh, you know, do this later in life. But then when she has kids, you won't say she can do it. It's now. Now is the time to really use your time and effort. She's young. She has no kids. Now you can go and serve God. Now you can do these things. You know, you can't do those things later because life brings responsibility. As you develop through life, you get more responsible. You have more responsibilities. There's more risk associated with it. Mm. If you're a mother of three, you can't just leave all your kids by and say, I'm going to do mission work. How many mothers do you know in the 21st century that are going to leave four children in the UK mm. and go and be teaching other kids in a remote part and their husbands will be fine with it? Mm. You don't see that today. Myth. 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 You just, you just, when we were talking on yesterday, on oh no, Thursday, mm about faith, mm. you know, <clears throat> whoever has, I, I said this, whoever has faith is a madman. Yeah. No, 100% Literally. bro. Yeah. Whoever yeah. has faith is a madman. Doesn't make sense. The, more, make faith, sense. the more faith you have, the because, madder you are. Yeah, because no, it's true. Because the Bible says, the, God uses the things of the foolish mm. to, make, to, to confuse the wise. Yeah, yeah 100% wise. bro. So, who, who are you to, like, you know what I mean? You bring your word, whatever, but, that word that you are saying into a family mm. that seeds that sits with Christ mm. stays in Christ. God uses that word, those words, and turns it mm-hmm. into something amazing for His glory. For His glory. And right now, those words that they have said has catapult them, transform them change them mm. into a new dimension yeah, of yeah, glory. Because yeah. now, bro, my man is happy, fam. Um, Literally happy. That he, he that's that's the God we serve. That, you know, know the one that's like this. I said, yeah, bro. That's the one that's the work. I was kidding, bro. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's it, man. I was going to, um, sorry, I was going to ask everyone, you know, this question. Yeah. Now, um, when you see, when we want to get married, they say these words. This, I'm, I'm coming to the vow. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the vow. For, for better, for worse. Yeah, for better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. And then they say, till death do us part. Yeah. Now, just a question. I was thinking about it. Like the Bible says, I think the Bible says there are only two things that can make you leave a marriage, mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So say that loud and clear. Um, I think it's death, <laughs> death. or an adultery, adultery, adultery kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Even adultery, you don't even mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And then, okay, when someone leaves the marriage, mm-hmm. and the person <coughs> is not yet dead, dead. Yeah. 
Does that mean the person can remarry? Because the vow constantly says the death was part. 100%. 100%. You get what I mean? Yeah, 100%, bro. And then, now, okay, you're separated. I don't know what the reason, you know, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what <clears throat> you're in, what, what, if, it's, if it's adultery or whatever. Mm. But then, doesn't that word, till death was part, mean something? Means something. Because marriage is mm. spiritual, it's deep. Mm. It's not just, you know, to marry, it's deep. Mm. So that word, that vow, when they say it, don't like, I don't get it. This is just a question I'm throwing out. What do you guys think about, you know, saying vows that people say and then when you see saying things? No, no, for for, for me. No, go ahead, bro. Like, this is where I question marriage and who or if I'll get married one day. Mm. It's like, I'm not gonna, obviously, the money, the bread price, all that type of shit, money comes and goes, isn't it? But I'm not gonna stand there in front of family, friends, and honestly, God, and tell you those words. And then two, three years later, gonna be like, <laughs> I don't want to send you Nah, I pack my bags on that, I'm mm-hmm. gone. Because it's more than an investment. Mm. Yeah. It's a long term marathon. Mm. Like, it's a full on marathon mm. every single day. Mm. So, obviously, Stuff happens in marriages. Yeah. Rela- that's, that's what I say, like, relationship is different from mm, marriage. Relationship, something might happen, boom, go on okay. a break, yeah. or you break up, boom, you move on from someone else. But in marriage, I'm not going to stand there, invested all that time in you, mm. <laughs> put my trust in, because trust me is, is, is it's, it's over there, fam. If I, if I don't see it, I'm never going to give it to you. Mm. The I'm trying to say it. Mm. So for me to not stand there in front of you, looking at you, like, looking deep into your soul, Seeing all of that, enough for me to be like, oh, you know what? Something small or something dramatic has happened. Let's let let's part ways. Mm-hmm. The only way for me, I see it. The only way, or the reason for me, because obviously everyone's different. Everyone does things differently. Mm-hmm. For me, physically, like physical abuse, I will accept. Yes, yes. Like you can, you know, you can go okay, anywhere because okay. that's 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 like I, I don't condone no physical. Yeah. Here. But it's like, let's say something's happened and we can resolve and find a so- solution and stay in a marriage, then by all means, let's do it. Mm. Okay, but the, the question is, you've, you've gone or they've left the marriage. No, 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 that, that's what I'm saying. But are, are you going to remarry again? Oh, I'm not going to remarry again? Yeah. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not gonna let it reach that point. We're not gonna get there. You're not gonna get there. But yeah. just because. Well, what if you did? What if you did? No, not just, I, not just you. The, but the, the view I have, yeah, right. Because like, because it's a techie one. It's a it's yeah, a really techie yeah, one. But I think I think everybody will have different views on this. So my views are yes, you can remarry on the basis that let's say for example, I think I hear what Jesse's saying in terms of like physical abuse is kind of like you know you'll take mm. that as a means to like yeah less less. Send it because I can't lie, the way that I'm built, I see things as contracts, right? So, like, <laughs> this guy's law, man. No, I, I, I hear it, it makes no, sense. It's, it's his profession, but in, in a, on a road, though, because I feel like, um, I feel like you're married, you separate, you get divorced, contract is over, like. Look, football, you've been released, you know, like that's yeah, it. You're free, you're free, free, you're free <laughs> agent, innit? You're, you're free to sign. Because the, the way I see it, at the point it gets to a point like where husband and wife know it's at an end. The vow's kind of already been broken, like till death do us part. Mm. Death doesn't have to come. It's already parted, you know? Mm. So at that point, it's over. Mm. At, so when you leave that, you can, in my view, you can make a new vow. Fair enough, you know, 
it might not be what's out in the Bible, but actually, the vow's already been broken before you get to death, even. Like, so for me, I would say, yeah, you can remarry. Again, you know, like I'm saying, there'll be people that disagree. There might be people here that disagree as well, but for me, if you're divorced or if you're about to separate, the vow's broken. Like, I know, strictly speaking, death does us part, but the vow's done. Like, the vow's done. Yeah, for, for, you know? you ain't going, you ain't going anyway, bro. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think to, 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 to answer this from a, a married perspective, what I would say is oftentimes people forget the vows that they made to their witnesses. Mm. And the witnesses are very key mm. because the witnesses are not just there for for fashion or decoration. They are actually there. They, they actually have a part to play. Mm. And that part that they play is very important. So at a wedding ceremony in general, not all wedding ceremonies, but most wedding ceremonies, at some point, the priest or the clergy will say, um, is there anyone in this room mm. who knows of any reasons or any impediments as to why these two shouldn't be married? Why? Because by law, they are about to enter into a covenant and a contract. So they're saying before they enter into this, is there anything that disqualifies them mm. from being qualified mm. to take this step? I think that's very key. Mm. Now we're talking about physical witnesses. The other witness, that people tend to mm. neglect mm. is God Almighty. Mm. You made a covenant before him, him mm. and to him. It wasn't just before him, it was to him. Mm. You may have said the vows to a woman or a man, but you made a covenant with him. And God's name is what? Covenant keeper. Mm -hmm. He doesn't break promises. Mm. He doesn't break covenants. Mm. He only breaks covenants in exceptional cases. So for example, when he said that the house of Aaron or the house of Eli will forever serve him, mm. he went back on that covenant because of their, their disobedience mm. and because of their negligence. Mm. And he handed over that blessing and reestablished that covenant with the lineage of Samuel. Mm. So there are cases yeah. where God has broken covenants yeah. and reestablished that covenant. Yeah. So I side more with Toby yeah. on, yes, there are situations and there are circumstances where if you are out of a marriage and your spouse is not dead mm. and they are still living, yes, you can remarry. But for me, I think circumstances is very key mm. because everyone will not agree mm. on what we on what we on what we consider to be circumstantially okay yeah, to remarry yeah, yeah, yeah. for you your limit might be physical abuse mm. someone else might be Mental i don't need right. to be yeah, physically yeah, abused yeah, yeah. if a man is emotionally abusing me that's yeah. enough for me yeah. to leave the marriage mm. break my vows and remarry mm. i'm not going to say to someone who's feeling emotionally and psychologically damaged mm. that that's not enough for you yeah. as long as he's not beating you mm. stay in the marriage why i think some i think to a degree being psychologically abused and 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 emotionally and mentally and mentally deranged i think sometimes that holds huge bigger implications on someone's on someone's health than even being touched when my mom says she's disappointed at me it, it does more damage to me than if she I'm, i'd rather i'd rather my mom hit me than say that she's disappointed because 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 i go to bed and all that's ringing in my head is I'm yeah, disappointed in you. Yeah, I'm disappointed yeah, in you. Yeah. It doesn't stop replaying oh, in my head. So back to so back to answering your question. I think that it, it, you're right, Tobes. It is a techie one. But so, let me just be clear um, on the record saying that as much as it's in your power and it's mm. in your ability to, 
stay married. And when I say stay married, that's what I mean. Repair the damage. It is easier to repair a broken chair sometimes than have to go and buy a new one. It is easier to repair your car than to buy a new one. If your car has a scratch on it, you don't say, I'm throwing this Mercedes away. Let me go buy a new Mercedes. Well, if you do, you must have money and that's just good for you. I, like some do, some do, some, 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 some are like, throw the whole thing away, you know? And there are some things that we have to recognize. Some things in life are broken beyond repair. Marriage sometimes is one of them. Let's not sit here and be Pretend diplomatic like yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, be yeah. pragmatic about <laughs> yeah, the fact that <laughs> there are some really, like I've spoken to some women who have said, listen, this was broken beyond repair a long time ago, but they decided to stay in it because they have hope. Mm. And that's one of the things in first Corinthians, that's, that's a virtue that we've been given. Mm. It says, now these three things remain. First Corinthians 13, 13 says faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love, but hope is still important because hope is for the future. Faith is now, hope is for the future. So if you can see it, you said you have to see it before you are it, right? If you can see a marriage that is repaired before you've repaired it, you're already halfway there. If you can see that it's repaired. If you can see a relationship that is repaired before you've repaired it, that means you are in a position to want to make it work. But you have to understand it takes two to do this. So if on one hand you want to repair something, but someone does not want to repair that thing, you cannot force that person to repair it. You cannot. So if someone says to me that, oh, I did my best and this person just won't budge and someone is judging them saying that you should have stayed. No, you can't tell them they should have stayed. No, you can't. You have no right to tell someone they have to stay in something just because they've made a vow. And let me tell you why I'm saying that. Vows are important. In fact, my mentor, um, um, a great, a great, um, a great um, um, friend of mine, but also a father figure. He often says to me, "You made six vows to your wife on your wedding day, right?" Yeah. He says, "For the majority of your life, you will remember three of those vows, and you will forget three of those vows. Mm. You said for better, for worse, but you oftentimes will remember better. You will neglect worse." He said, "For richer, for poorer, you will think more about the fact that you will get richer. You will never think, you will never really think about the fact that you can get poorer." And he says, "What? In sickness and in health, you don't ever think of your wife getting sick, but you think of her being healthy. But she can get sick and be sick for the rest of her life. And the reality is, more time we think." about the positives. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Oftentimes we, ne we neglect the negatives yeah. and we don't think about the fact that marriage can sometimes go in a direction we didn't plan. Mm. It can get ugly. Yeah. Your wife can be sick. She can be poor. Mm. She, cannot, she, she may not be rich. She may not have things that you expected her to have or acquire. But the reality is you made a vow that regardless of all of this, you make a covenant to be there. So if a situation arises where you have done all you can, Bible says, Paul says, as much as, it, as much as you can do, live at peace with all men. That's what Paul says. But he says, as much as you can do. Why? Because he recognizes that we have limits. We're humans, we have limitations. There are some things we just cannot do beyond our capacity. God will not tempt us beyond our capacity. And I don't believe that he will give us burdens beyond our capacity. So if you have gone into a marriage, you go into it with the mindset that I am not going in to get out. Mm. I am going in to stay. Mm. But yes, mm. things happen. And I'm talking because I understand this from, you know, both a married man's perspective, but also someone who 
grew up in a house where I saw divorce firsthand. Mm. And for me, I would love if my parents resolved it, mm. but unfortunately it didn't happen. And I've, and, I've, and, I've, and I've moved on from it. Mm. Whether that's justified fully or not is another discussion. Mm. But as for me, now the responsibility that rests on me is that, okay, I've married Danielle. Mm. I have an obligation to ensure that whatever it takes to keep that marriage together, I do. I don't care what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I repeat that. I don't care what I have to do. Because some people will even hear what I'm saying and say that's controversial. Whatever it takes to keep that woman as my wife, I will do. That's my responsibility. Mm. I don't care if it means I lose my dignity Mm. or I lose a part of my honor or I even lose friends. Whatever it costs, whatever, because I made a vow and I place high value on that. I said to her in front of her family and friends, I said to her that for the remainder of her natural life, I will serve her. I will love her. I will respect her. I will, I will be her husband. That's what I said to her. So that means I'm bound by that. I don't care what comes up. I'm bound by it. And you know what? It's easy to say when you're in my position and you're two years into marriage, come and ask me in 20 years time. Mm. That's really where it begins to, that's where you really begin to see Mm. how this thing unfolds. It's, can you sustain what you're saying? Can you sustain it? The first five years of marriage, they say are the hardest years. They've been the best for me so far, but I'm not yet at five. So we'll see what happens in the remaining three years. Mm. Things can change overnight. A lot can happen. So in answer to your question, bro, I think it's important to understand that situations and circumstances are different. Mm -hmm. The extreme case was always physical abuse. I don't think we necessarily need to get to that before we realize that sometimes it is better for people to break Mm -hmm. an existing covenant Mm -hmm. for the survival Mm -hmm. of those two individuals Mm -hmm. because it is better that we are alive than we are dead. And potentially children too. Exactly. And I know people say, oh, but stay in the marriage for the kids. That's good because I would have loved for my parents to have done it for me. Mm. But the reality is that it's, it's bigger than me. Mm. As much as that's not, as much as that pains me to even say is that my parents' decision to be married was bigger than me. Mm. They got married before I was even on the face of the earth. So it wasn't about me, it was about them. Mm. So they have to consider them and keep themselves and their vows in mind. They didn't make that vow to me, they made it to themselves and God. So they don't have to consider my feelings or my opinions. They should do, it's good, but they don't have to because they didn't make a vow to me. Mm. And that's the thing that I'm saying is that what, what, what I want people to, to learn from this is that vows are deep. Vows are important. When you, when you work for a company, you sign a contract that you will work from this hour to this hour and they will pay you this salary over this amount of period. If you work from this time to this time and your company doesn't pay you, they've broken a vow. You've broken trust. You expect it. You don't ever think end of the month, money's not going to show up. You expect it to show up because you signed a contract. That's that's your guarantee. Your guarantee is there's a contract somewhere with my signature and my company's signature that says that this is what our obligations are. Today I was doing some cleaning in the house. And as I was cleaning, I came across my marriage certificate. And instantly it reminded me that there is a certificate Mm. that has my signature and my wife's signature and witnesses that have signed that this is legal, that Mm. this is binding. Mm. And it reminded me that even if I don't feel like upholding this vow, Mm. I have to. Mm. There is something that certifies 
and solidifies mm-hmm. that vow and it's documented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's, um, that's how I will answer your question in terms of like remarriage and, and, and living yeah, and death yeah, and stuff. I think that's a good, good point to end on as well. Cause fam, this is, this has been great. Josh. Oh, appreciate that bro. Thank you for coming Thanks, down. My guy. Thank you for coming appreciate down. that. But, Thanks um, my guys. Part two. Oh, yeah, this time you have to bring my wife on this one. Yeah, you have to bring Danny on this one for sure, man. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, but before we sort of do socials and that, I just want to say shout out to Imprint Studios, Emma. Mm. Uh, yeah, shout out to Emma, man. Uh, She's been dope, man. Yeah. I've seen I've seen her nodding her head sometimes, yeah. and I'm like, I, I'm getting Emma's approval, so I know what I'm saying is right, fam. I know what I'm saying is right, fam. <laughs> Social just there, you know, good yeah, rates, fam, quality service, yeah, mm, definitely, mm. definitely worth it. But um, yeah, Josh, man, um, I was going to say two things: your socials, Daniel's socials, if you want to, and then um, yeah. is there any way that we can sort of support what Daniel's doing in Ghana as well? Yeah, for sure. So she's got um, so I'll start off with her socials. So I think it's um at Danielle BTD um underscore. Um, so those are her socials. I think on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, she has a GoFundMe page, which mm-hmm. she used to raise much, um, which she used to raise money for for the trip. I think mm-hmm. the link is still active. Yeah, um, I suppose what I can do is I can send you guys yeah, the link. We'll you can put it on the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, then yeah, it'll be good to kind of just support. Um, she's also just recently launched um, an edu- educational um, consultancy called mm-hmm. EIA, which stands for. Um, um, oh gosh, she's gonna kill me if I don't remember what it stands for. Oh Lord, wow. educate, inspire, and activate. That's it. Oh, Lord God, I see. I got you there, boy. My heart was racing. So yeah, educate, inspire, um, activate, and essentially, what the aim of it is is to essentially help you know disadvantaged kids or kids from disadvantaged backgrounds mm. and provide them with opportunities and they, and sort of like their services as they do consultancies they are going to schools do talks do workshops and basically go and and, and offer you know these services to help kids and give um, um, opportunities and they're really streamlining their efforts into helping kids from um, marginalized backgrounds um, and so yeah that, that's a great work that she's doing there mm. um, in terms of my socials mine's just um, at Joshua B 24 underscore um, you find out across all so- socials um um and yeah that's really it to be yeah, fair man, so, right. all the yeah, links man. will be in the video yeah, yeah. all links will be cool. on insta as well but um anything else to promote quickly lads uh trench no. works yeah trench works training come on um i was gonna be home with it but you gotta shoot your shot man um yeah if you guys know any decent or coming professional players or already professional players are in the game me and my boy Michael do one-to-one group coaching sessions. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, Trench Work Training. Once again, Trench Work Training, obviously. Mm. All about, you know, the hard graft and obviously pushing players into the level where like, they can actually become who they want to become. So, um, Is this football? Yeah, yeah football. Mm. Okay, so yeah, give us a follow and yeah, the rules of our rules ready to Sick. Yeah, it's nice, man. But honestly, thank you for doing us. Oh, it's been a pleasure, man. Dem. Oh, I love having me, man. Appreciate it. I love, man. <laughs> Jesse, man. This guy, fam. Nah, man, I didn't do that. It's been yeah, love for having me, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be back shortly, guys. Thank keep, you. Keep looking out for yeah, us. Man, this is cool, man. The Kingdom podcast. Yeah, Thank you guys for also uh, yes, to say everybody like for listening to us and mm. people that have you know uh, really supported us and pushed us. We really appreciate. He's even calling me now. God is good. So yeah, God bless every single one of you. Thank you again, bro, for coming. Appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me. Shout out all the money that couldn't come. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you see them next time. So, guys, for the Kingdom.
God bless you. Remember, mm. guys, the preaching is not cheap. The gospel is not cheap. Yeah. Mm. So, in the world of NM, it's free. Ooh. But it's not cheap. But it's not Thank cheap. Mm. So, I like that, man. Yeah. I like that. All right. Great pod, guys.